1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You.
2: Fantasy
1: Football Rewind.
2: Good evening and good morning if you're listening on demand. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Rewind. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of RotoExperts.com. I am the King. I am Fantasy, and my partner is always as we recap the week in fantasy football. He's happy because the Giants didn't lose on Sunday. It is Jim, the Fantasy Taz, day. Jim, how are you?
3: Hey, I'm doing great, Scott. Another crazy day of football today. We got lots to
2: discuss. Lots to discuss, and uh, let's start with the injuries. Get right into it. Uh, Sony Michelle got off to a really good start today. He he'd been listed as questionable the last few weeks with a knee injury, but able to play through it. Ripped off an 18-yard run against the Bears to start the game. He said, "Oh, here we go with a no good Sony Michelle day." And then uh, he suffered a knee injury in the second quarter against the Bears. Uh, he had to be helped off the field, and an MRI is going to be uh, coming on Monday. Uh, we 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 can't predict anything. I know I know with doom and gloom. The guy got helped off the field. He got put on the cart. But you know we saw already two twice this year where guys got put on the cart and then they came back. They came back and Rogers Cooper Cup. I don't want to speculate on anything. Short looks bad. He's got an MRI coming tomorrow. I'm not saying it can't be bad, but I don't think we can assume anything 100 percent, because you see stuff like this, then a guy turns out to be OK, maybe he'll miss two to four, maybe he'll miss two to four weeks. We don't know anything from the fact is that, you know, maybe he'll miss one, two weeks, or that his season is over. You know, We, we can't speculate, Jim.
3: No, the only thing we know is he's going to get an MRI tomorrow, and that'll tell us a lot more than what we know now. Uh, I'm with you, but it really did, you know, kill a lot of fantasy owners today who were counting on, you know, what looked to be decent numbers for him.
2: Yeah, well, more than decent numbers the way he was running, ripping off an 18-yard run to start. If he does miss a significant period of time, though, uh, you, you have to wonder what the Patriots are do, going to do here. It's not like Kenjin Barner can step up and you know, take his place. Uh, James White is not a guy that they want to carry the ball constantly either. Uh, you have to wonder what the Patriots are going to do, especially with the trade deadline coming up. Anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely.
3: You know they got to be out there running those phones trying to see what they could do, you know. There's also Mike Gillisley out there who at least has some history with the team, knows the offense a little bit. So he's an option, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're out there trying to look for somebody that they could trade for for at least the rest of the season just in case.
2: Also today, uh, LaShawn McCoy is in the concussion protocol after uh, just two yards on one carry. And uh, Daly Roto really liked him today. He was uh, all over the lineup optimizer when I was checking out what the default lineups were going to be. Chris Ivory had a pretty good day in his stead. And, uh, you know, that, that was a killer for, for Daly and for just some people who used him as an RB2. If uh, he, concussions, you know, if they're different for everybody. Uh, you know, we, we've seen... Uh, uh, the guys from the pack, the the uh, like Geronimo Allison, sit out a few weeks. We saw the guy. We saw one guy from the Rams come back from it right away. Uh, Brandon Cooks. We saw Cooper Cup come back from it right away, but then he suffered another injury. So we're gonna have to play wait and see here. But uh, Chris Ivory is obviously gonna become a hot pickup uh, when he's out there on the free agent list this week.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You got to expect that. Uh, you know, McCoy has definitely been having a lot of issues with injuries this year, and you know he's getting up there in age. And you know, Ivory's still a good runner, uh, but this, you know, this offense is still very rough uh, right now. So hard to count on him every week. But Ivory is still a good runner. If he's out there, it's going to be you know, pick him up as as much as you can, as fast as you can.
2: Albert Wilson suffering a leg injury, uh, but Kenny still stepped up and uh, was play, played pretty well for the Dolphins in a loss. Uh, Kiki was, uh suffered a hamstring injury in the first half of Houston's win over Jacksonville, and those, those things have a tendency to linger.
3: Yeah, you, you hate to see that. The kid, you know, had a good start after just coming back from an injury a couple of weeks ago. And you just hate to see that it happen to him again. Uh, but, you know, it's just this game we play. It's crazy.
2: Bilal Powell uh, left the Jets game uh, against the Minnesota Vikings with a neck injury. And those, those Jets running backs are getting banged up.
3: Yeah, they, they sure are. They're taking their... Uh, hits every week and just you know at least they keep getting back up to keep playing but they keep taking some huge hits Uh, it's hard to see if they're going to you know I don't
2: know I think one or the other is going to definitely miss some time here just because of the shots they're taking All right, uh, let's move on to some of the top performers of the week. And if we told you the top performer of the week was going to be Marlon Mack of the Indianapolis Colts, you would have said we're crazy. But then again, hey, look what happened with Brock Osweiler last week. 19 carries, 126 yards and a touchdown. Two catches for 33 yards. Now we've seen two impressive performances from Marlon Mack in a row last week, the 12 carries for the 89 yards. And a lot of people were thinking that he was going to be part of a committee here, but as he missed four of the first five games with the hamstring problems. But he's come back like gangbusters. Last year, he only rushed for 358 yards in 14 games and 3.8 yards per carry and only three touchdowns. But this looks like a different Marlon Mack. And when you see this kind of play in back-to-back weeks, I think you have to you take it seriously, and they face the Indianapolis faces Oakland next week.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, this week they were going up against Buffalo. Buffalo is number three overall defense on the season. They have only been allowing 92 rushing yards a game. Meanwhile, the Colts go up and put 220 yards on them on the ground. Nobody saw that coming. Mack definitely leading the charge right now. But this entire Colts offense uh, just ran right down Buffalo's throat, and Buffalo couldn't do anything about it.
2: Yeah, Naheem Hines wasn't really a factor, and I think a lot of people are going to be cutting him uh, this upcoming week after two quiet games.
3: Well, you know, again, it really depends on what you're looking for, what you can get out there. Uh, If there's, you know, some of these guys that are still out there, I think it's going to be hard. But, you know, maybe for Chris Ivory, I think that's worth it if McCoy is looking to miss any time.
2: All right. uh, Mitch Trubisky, uh, he's a. He's really making us force him to consider him as a quarterback one. Another strong game this week is third in a row. Uh, he threw for 333 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but also six rushes for 81 yards and a touchdown. If he's, if he's going to keep getting these kind of rushing yards, there's nothing to keep him out of QB1 territory. And he's rushed for 53, 47, and 81 yards right now. When I do my in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com on Tuesday, with three strong performances in a, in, a, in a row here from Mitch Trubisky, I'm going to have to strongly consider putting him in the top 12. Uh, You know, maybe he pushes for the top 10, and he's got the Jets, Buffalo, and Detroit coming up next.
3: Yeah, no, no doubt. He's uh, playing good. This offense is moving the ball the way they want. Uh, Got a huge game out of Trey Burton today, Uh, you know, Cohen had another good game. Uh, Even got Howard into the end zone. So this offense is definitely putting some points on the board. And, you know, they're, they're finally reaching that potential that going in draft season, everybody was so hyped up on this offense that all of these players were going so early. Got off to a slow start, but they seem to be rebounding now.
2: Yeah, sometimes things take a little bit of a while to gel. You know, maybe the first three weeks you don't see what you want. But uh, Trey Burton has now scored four of his last five games. Uh, but this was just his second game over over 90 yards this season. But, uh, you know, Burton is a tight end one because even though he seems touchdown dependent, he's scoring so often. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he just keeps getting it done, and, you know, he's really leaning into that role now, and it looks like Trubisky is, you know, really favoring him, and, you know, it's hard not to like him in this offense. You know, as long as they keep this this offense moving quickly and fast-paced, they're going to continue to put points on the board.
2: All right. Uh, Todd Gurley being Todd Gurley this week, 15 carries, 63 yards, uh, but two, three to- total touchdowns with four catches for 23 yards. Uh, James White continuing to play at an elite level, uh, eight catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns. He is a top eight or nine running back right now in most fantasy leagues. Uh, John Brown with the big day, seven catches for 134 yards uh, and a touchdown against New Orleans. But I don't think this game was quite as high scoring as, as, uh, as people expected. If you, if you bet the over on this game, you lost as, uh, as they combined for 47 points.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, Buffalo, uh, Baltimore's defense definitely played well. Uh, You know, John Brown came very close to having that second touchdown, actually got caught at the one uh, on a breakaway play that looked like he was going to get in and score. Defense came up, made a great play, stopped him at the one, uh, you know, for fantasy owners looking for that second touchdown. Sorry about that. But, yeah, you know, hard to believe that, first of all, that New Orleans won this game, and the second thing is, of course, Justin Tucker missing the game tying extra point, first extra point he's ever missed in his career. Two hundred twenty-three extra points, only missing one. Happens to did, cost. Did you see game. his reaction? Oh yeah, it was. He he, he couldn't. His move, eyes were just popping out. Move. Yeah, he was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> that was that. That was classic. We'll see that reaction on everything for the next few days easily.
2: Yeah, yeah, Brown stepping forward. Uh, you know, had a, he had a great first half. Yeah, no, absolutely, Brown. You know, I, I expected Brown to bounce
3: back today. He had a nice matchup going for him, so it worked out in his his favor, and I expected that to happen. Uh, I didn't like Crabtree as much because I thought he definitely had a a worse matchup, and it, you know, it came to be. Brown just had a real nice game, played well, had some, you know, excellent catches in this one.
2: Yeah, and the over-under on this one was 49.5, so if you, again, if you took the over, you lost. Uh, Adam Thielen, another 100-yard game, nine catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Like we said on Fantasy Football today, this morning, uh, swirling in wins there at the Meadowlands, uh, strong wins, uh, but it, it didn't hurt Thielen they were able to get off one deep pass for him, and he always gets so many yards after the catch. Jarvis Landry with a lot of points is exp- as expected. Ten catches for 91 y- 97 yards and a touchdown. As uh, as we saw this one is Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay beating them twenty Cleveland twenty six to twenty three. And this is another game where if you took the over under you lost. And uh, I think a lot more people expected. A lot more offensively out of the Browns, but we cautioned against that this morning, saying that uh, you know, especially with a defensive coordinator change and a rookie quarterback on the road, that you couldn't count on you know a ton of points necessarily. And the Browns only scored twenty three.
3: Yeah, this was crazy. You know, you never would have thought that you know the Bucks winning this game, you would have Winston throwing no touchdowns, and then you would have three rushing touchdowns, one by each position, one by the quarterback, one by the running back, one by the wide receiver. First time it's ever happened in Buccaneer history.
2: Yeah, uh, great stats there for the fantasy. Taz, uh, Cam Newton today, uh, they didn't start off well. They were getting shut out at halftime. But uh, a comeback win over the defending Super Bowl champs, who are now 3-4. and Spirey win for Carolina. Uh, 269 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Seven carries for 49 yards. You know what you get it from Newton every week. Uh, you know what you get from Zach Ertz. Nine catches for 138 yards. Andrew Luck, we were mentioning him. Uh, 100, only 156 passing yards but he still had four touchdown passes.
3: Yeah, finally we got to see him not have to throw the ball 50 times, so that's good for him long-term. Like to see that, but definitely very efficient today. And and there's one thing I do want to say about the Panthers today, about Cam Newton. First five possessions f- through the first three quarters, all punts. L- last quarter, last three possessions, all touchdowns. Uh, just what an incredible turnaround Twenty-one points, final quarter. After being down seventeen, nothing. Uh, Panthers just, you know, put on a show in that fourth quarter. Really beat down the Eagles.
2: Yeah, quite a turnaround. Uh, we mentioned Tariq Cohen, only 14 rushing yards, but eight catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cohen has arrived with uh, three st- three consecutive 22-plus point performances in the last uh, three games, and he has emerged as a must-start in PPR leagues. Latavius Murray, yeah, I got a history with this guy. Years ago, I said, uh, they got to bench Maurice Jones and play this guy get the big breakout game against the Chiefs. But then I was down on him when he when Dalvin Cook was out, uh, going into last week, because he had only had two games, uh, two games where he went above forty yards rushing. But over the last two weeks, though, he has really taken up for Dalvin Cook uh, with two hundred fourteen rushing yards and. Two touchdowns, long touchdown run today. Uh, he's got New Orleans coming up. New Orleans can be a little tougher on running backs because they funnel, you know, they they uh, they allow so much to the pass too. And then you got a uh, they got Detroit coming up in Week Nine. We really don't know when Dalvin Cook is coming back, so it's pretty simple. If it's uh, if Cook plays, you start him. If he doesn't, you use Latavius Murray. Yeah, hopefully you.
3: You know, grabbed him as a handcuff. Uh, One of the few people I thought was a handcuff in the preseason, and it's working out to be that way, actually working better than planned because he's getting most of the starts. Uh, So, you know, luckily, if you grabbed him, you'd lucked out.
2: Yeah, and then uh, and also Jeffrey. Was not affected as much by the conditions uh, as we thought in Philadelphia. It was very windy. Seven catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. He has scored three times in his last two games and four in his last four. He has reemerged as a must start. And how about Terrell Williams with another big game? Uh, four catches for 118 yards. Identical 118-yard uh, games in the yeah. last two weeks. Last two weeks, seven catches for 236 yards and three touchdowns. He's bull boomer- bust, but all of a sudden he's back in the fantasy conversation. Right now only owned in 8.4% of ESPN leads. He's going to be a pickup this week, especially with the buys continuing to hit, but uh, he does have a buy in week eight. Not a lot of people are going to pick him up. Maybe uh, you should pick him up and stash him for after the buy, Jim.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what I will tell people to do. You know, we try to mention that as much as we can. Pick them up. You know, while they're out by, other people won't be trying. Might save you some money.
2: All right, coming up next on Fantasy Football Rewind, the reemergence of a versatile and well-rounded running back. Here on the Fantasy Football Rewind Scott Engel and Jim Day If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports We're sick of dealing with professionals Using those Algorithms Oh boy, algorithms Seems like everybody has one today Um, (laughs) To select hundreds of lineups and entries Try the props builder tool At mybookie.ag Forget having to create multiple lineups Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts, waiting 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps, and if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with the late lineup scratches. No experts to compete again. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag and the promo code FNTSY. Above sign up and... Uh, Choose your matchups using the prop builder, tool. That's mybookie.ag promo code FNTSY. Man, back did to that recap, just like
3: a professional.
2: A professional, yeah. A Is that a poor professional? <laughs> yeah, it's a professional. A professional, okay. Tom Brady today: two hundred seventy-seven passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, let's get on to the story though that we were talking about. Uh, you know, during the break, you know, we were telling uh, Mike Blewett this morning, in one league where you get extra points for tight ends, Jeff Swain or Dion Lewis, we told him Jeff Swain uh, I said, don't listen to me. I'm not doing really well in that same league that you are. But uh, the best game, second-best game of the season, the best game since week one from Dion Lewis, who's been mostly mediocre in between. He had 13 carries for 91 yards today and caught six passes for 94 yards. This is a Dion Lewis we expected, but we really didn't see him at all. Uh, from weeks two to six, they have a bye next week. Uh, then he's got Dallas and a revenge game against New England in week ten. How much hope does this regenerate for Dion Lewis?
3: Well, it, hopefully it it gets him started again. Like you said, you were really being nice when you said you know mo, mostly mediocre because he was actually a lot less than that um, yeah, leading into nice this game. Uh, so hopefully it gets him started back again. Hopefully it gets this offense knowing you know that they have to get him involved to give themselves any kind of shot. You know, Derrick Henry scored, but you know it's, it just doesn't bring much else to the table. You got to get Dion Lewis involved in the game if you want to move the football, especially with the receiving core they have, it's you know, not gang beaters So you need to get that that running back who has all his talent, you need to get him involved.
2: Gang beaters, I don't think I've heard that phrase before. New, yeah. new cliches <laughs> being spouted by the fantasy, uh, <laughs> fantasy Baker test. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> yeah, it's 215 passing yards, two interceptions, n- two touchdowns, no interceptions, four, for four, four rushes for 43 yards. Uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield didn't have quite the upside, I think some expected, but I don't think you can certainly complain about the results.
3: Yeah, no, he got you 20 fantasy points, Uh, you know, that's what you're looking for, for a starting quarterback, if people were out there streaming him this week, they got their values worth for him, Uh, looked a little rough to start, but he ended up pulling it together, and, you know, getting himself in that category, you know, hitting that 20-point realm is, is what you're looking for if you're trying to stream, if you get a quarterback you're streaming, and he's hitting you 20 points, then you're doing it well.
2: George Kittle went over 80 yards for the third time in four games and scored his second touchdown in four games and a blowout loss uh, really the only guy that showed up for San Francisco. Five catches for 98 yards and a touchdown for George Kittle, who's uh, pushing that top five border on tight end. Yeah,
3: he's, a, he's absolutely a must-start every week right now. It, there's no doubt about it that him and Bethard have a real nice rapport together, and Bethard is just constantly looking for him. And he's getting open. He's making plays. Uh, you know, he's definitely looking like a top tight end. He's going to be in that discussion going into next season if he continues like this.
2: Danny Amendola with six catches for 84 yards, and uh, last week eight catches for 59 yards. Uh, He scored over 43 fantasy points in a PPR, uh, 34 fantasy points in a PPR in the last two games. Should Danny Amendola be picked up uh, in fantasy leagues? Uh, Right now, he's owned in 24.4% of leagues, and they have Houston, the Jets, and Green Bay coming up before a bye. Do you think Danny Amendola is going to be useful? Uh, He was very, very quiet for the first five games, but over the last two, he's, he's sort of reawoken.
3: Well, he's reawoken with Brock Eisweiler in there. I don't think any of us saw that happening, uh, but it's absolutely been happening. And, you know, as long as Osweiler's in there, you got to like who he's going to. And, you know, it also helped that Albert Wilson left the game early, opened up a little bit more for Amendola. Um, you know, he's I, I love Amendola as a player. He's just hard to count on because every time you try to go to count on him, he goes in there and gets hurt. Uh, he just plays yeah, know, the game like that's a that's what linebacker. you'll have to be aware of. Yeah, he, he plays the game like a linebacker with, in a tiny body. And uh, it just, you know, he throws his body around too recklessly at times. And, you know, every time you go to count on him, he ends up missing a game and, and getting hurt on you.
2: Yeah, he's uh he's not afraid to go over the middle, and he certainly plays bigger than he is.
3: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Unfortunately, his body Those type of guys get,
2: tend to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, Moving on, uh, Dak Prescott, 273 passing yards, one touchdown, no interception, six catches for 33 yards in what was nearly a clutch touchdown, in a heartbreaking loss for the Cowboys, and now fall over to 500 and are now 0 4 on the road. But uh, Prescott has rebounded the last two weeks. He's gone over 20 points. The Cowboys have a buy now and come back against Tennessee and Philadelphia and then Atlanta before meeting Washington again. Uh, do you think uh, Dak Prescott has reemerged as a, as a QB2 here? And in, in what tier of QB2? Is he high end? Is he Is he mid-range?
3: Well, you know, again, hitting that 20 points, I, I think he's a streamable quarterback with the right matchups. Uh, he did put the ball on the ground with two fumbles today. So if you're playing a league that takes those points away, that kind of hurts a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, he's been playing better. He's made some really nice throws the last two weeks, something we just didn't see him making in you know early in the season. So he's definitely come on. Um, you know, there's finally starting to get Alan Hearns involved. Michael Gallup got involved in a big way today. You know, They got the weapons. They just got to figure out how to use them. Unfortunately, Ezekiel Elliott didn't do anything in this matchup.
2: Yeah, we'll get to that in just a little while. Uh, 306 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions for Phillip Rivers. Jameis Winston... uh, 365 passing yards, but no touchdowns, two interceptions, and 10, ca- 10 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown, which was really nice. Uh, looking a little Cam Newton-ish, but on the passing side, I think he expected a little bit better. Uh, he was a popular daily play, I believe. And uh, you, know, you want a little more upside, but you can't complain. But, you know, Jameis Winston's just that type of guy where he can get no touchdown and two interceptions.
3: Yeah, it worked out for fantasy owners, at least for him, you know, because of throwing so much. But, yeah, 32 out of 52, you'd like to see that completion percentage a little higher, especially since he's not really throwing the ball down the field very far. So, you know, I'd like to see uh, see those numbers come up, but you can't complain. Again, he hit that 20-point mark, and that's what you're looking for.
2: Kerryon Johnson with his breakout game, 19 carries for 158 yards. Two catches for 20, 21 yards. I thought we would expect more of a receiving game from him with uh, Theo Riddick out, but there's nothing to complain about. Uh, you know, next week, he faces Seattle. Uh, then he's got Minnesota and Chicago. Uh, it's not a very friendly schedule, but uh, you certainly have to like what you see so far. You know, The guy is averaging over six yards a carry so far this year.
3: Yeah, no, he's a great running back, and you know if they give him the chances, he'll put up some big games, but like you say, he does have some tough matches coming ahead. We all expected him to get more involved in the passing game today with Theo Riddick out, and that just didn't really come to fruition, so uh, it'll be interesting if that changes a little more going forward as well, but definitely love to see what he did on the ground today, and he just looked like an exciting runner uh, who had great eye vision down the field, always keeping his his eyes moving and trying to find those holes and he just did a really good job of it today
2: yeah I I think you know everybody's clamoring for more touches but maybe you don't have to because this guy can make the most of every touch LeGarrette Blount was still a factor rush for a touchdown if Riddick comes back he's still going to be part of a committee but you know with all the questions at running back I think you know you got to stop complaining here realize it is what it is and be happy that this guy could make the most of every touch
3: yeah, absolutely. You take what you can get. And, you know, he, he's shown himself to to start moving into that, you know, running back edge, of running back two flex capability. So hopefully that trend continues.
2: Certainly, especially with the tate, state of tight Michael Thomas, seven catches for 69 yards and a touchdown today. Uh, Joe Flacco, 279 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, how much can you really complain about 19 points? Uh, Carson Wentz. 30 of 37, 310 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He's back in the QB1 uh, picture. Kenyon Drake today, six carries for 72 yards and a touchdown, four catches for 15 yards. And uh, Kenyon Drake in two of his last three has scored uh, at least 18 PPR fantasy points, but there still isn't reliability there.
3: Yeah, no, uh, look, uh, six for 72 and a touchdown is nice. Just hard to count on him, you know, being able to get 72 yards on six carries every week. Uh, we didn't see him as involved in the passing game this week as he has been the last couple of weeks, but he did make up for it on the ground. You know what? It, he, he still only touched the ball 10 times. And that's just, you know, he is a playmaker. They need to get him more involved. Uh, He's just still hard to count on. I know he had a good game today. He's had a couple in the last couple weeks. Gives him that little bit of boost. Maybe we start to see him reemerge. But, you know, as long as Frank Gore is there and still playing pretty well at a high level for a 35-year-old running back, uh, it's always going to be does he get enough to make it happen each and every week.
2: T.Y. Hilton today, four catches for twenty five yards, but two touchdowns. You'll take it any way you can get it, uh, with him. Uh Devin Funches today. Six catches for ninety two yards and a touchdown. There's not a lot of upside with Funches, but uh, you know, he's he's gone over He's gone over 18 points in each of his last two games, has double-figure performances in four of his last five. Very reliable wide receiver, three. TJ Yeldon, only 12 carries for 28 yards, but five catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Uh, This might be the last time that you can confidently start Yeldon. Carlos Hyde was inactive, but it should be the timeshare between the two of them uh, starting next week.
3: I'm not sure it's really going to be a timeshare at this point. You know, for them to go out and get Hyde, they either don't trust Fournette to be back anytime soon or they absolutely don't trust Yeldon to be that every down back. And if that's the case, I I think we see Hyde getting most of the work next week, uh, probably anywhere from 15 to 18 carries at the least. And and that really just relegates Yeldon to that change of base back role.
2: Yeah, I think at least for next week, though, it could be a timeshare, though, because it'll be his first game with the team. But uh, certainly an interesting prediction from uh, the fantasy Taz. Brock Osweiler, uh, another good game. 239, two touchdowns, no interceptions. uh, Over the last two games, Uh, Brock Osweiler with five touchdown passes and two interceptions, and he's got he's got Houston and the Jets and Green Bay coming up next. Uh, how good how good do you feel about him in two quarterback leagues right now? Ah
3: man, everybody in Denver is saying, "Where was this when we tried to make you our starter?" Um, you know, just didn't see these kind of things. Uh, you know, hey, look, he's playing good right now. and made some sharp throws today, uh, a couple right in tight windows and made it happen and. You know, and look, he's got some talent around him. Stills, Amendola, you know, Drake coming around, Frank Gore there he can count on. He's got talent around him. If he could continue to play, he may just take this role back from Tannehill and run it with it for the rest of the year.
2: All right, uh, as we continue here on Fantasy Football Rewind, Uh, We'll let you know Mike Evans, seven catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. Uh, His best game of the year so far. Actually, no. Uh, His best game in the last three weeks. Uh, He came out of the gate very hot. And uh, Mike Evans is... Having a good season, I think that nobody's really talking about Matthew Stafford. Two hundred seventeen passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The upside really isn't there anymore, and nearly as much with this team running the ball uh, the way it is. He has one one. Uh, he does have two three hundred yard games, but he's only got uh, in his last. His last four games, he's thrown for two touchdown passes, but he hasn't gone above. There's a nice floor there, but I don't know how much of a ceiling, but really nothing to complain about.
3: Yeah, no, you know, with Stafford, it's always been fantasy owners could count on the volume because you just knew he was going to throw a lot. They just couldn't ever seem to establish a running game. So that always helped fantasy owners. And, you know, with on Johnson coming on, with LeGarrette Blunt still doing what he does, you know, it absolutely taking the ball out of Stafford's hands and that's really relegating him to that you know quarterback two tier and right now he's solidly right in the middle of that quarterback tier because he's just not throwing the ball enough 22 attempts just isn't Stafford like and not what we expect from him
2: Kirk Cousins today, twenty-five of forty, two hundred and forty-one passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions with the weather there. I think you had to temper expectations a little bit. Uh Brandon Cook's four catches for sixty-four yards and a touchdown. And then uh then you have then you have Tajay Sharp. And uh Tajay Sharp with seven catches for 101 yards, a career game for Tajay Sharp. But uh, you know, nobody really saw this coming. And I don't think there's any reason to count on this. Should we even spend a waiver ad on him? Uh,
3: you know, some people will. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to temper those expectations. So everybody jumps on somebody who has that big game, hoping that it continues. Uh, again, it, it's hard to count on any of these guys in this Tennessee offense because we've just seen it go uh, in, in every different direction each and every week we just don't know what to expect from them
2: all right and then uh then michael gallup today three catches for 81 yards and a touchdown uh his best performance as a rookie so far uh but dallas still scored uh, 17 points here you know after scoring 40 at home the passing game does look a little bit better but i feel like gallup's just going to be too boom or bust uh would you even spend a waiver pickup on him
3: Um, I I think I would. Look, it's more because of just the people around him. Uh, You can't really count on Cole Beasley from week to week. Uh, every time he has a big week like he did last week, he disappears for a few weeks, and that's what you know you can expect from him. He's not going to be an every down, every week guy. Hearn's hasn't really established himself as the number one. Gallup has every chance to to really come out and start making plays for this offense. I still like to see him get more targets, but he's doing pretty well with what he's getting, uh, especially today. Five targets, catching three and, and scoring. Hope that trend continues. They need somebody Talk about- to be consistent. Let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, this might be Cole Beasley. We don't know how much of a ceiling there is. So, uh, Lamar Miller today with the shocker of the week 22 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown is, uh, you know, the Jacksonville defense, once again, proving it's anything but shutdown. Uh, in the last two games, Jacksonville have been outscored 60-14. to 14. Uh, You know, this, this was a shocking performance as any. Not because they were playing Jacksonville, just because Lamar Miller doesn't do this anymore. Uh, if you could trade Lamar Miller after this, and uh, this team that's desperate for running back, I'd definitely run out and do it this week.
3: Oh, absolutely! In a heartbeat, uh, take whatever you can get for him and run away. Hey, look, the, the Jags—you know—they they, in their previous twenty games they allowed just six point two points per game in the first half. Today, they've over the last three, they've allowed nineteen points per half.
2: All right, more coming up on Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott and Jim.
4: show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
2: Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott and Jim. Some passion today. Drew Brees. 22, 30, 212 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, again, you know, you can't really worry about defensive matchups. So he didn't have a big game like he might have had at home. Uh, but you can't be scared of Drew Brees. You know, we talk about it a lot. There are really no shutdown defenses anymore. And He, he gave you a pretty good performance.
3: Hey, yeah, over 200 yards, two touchdowns against the stingiest defense in the league. I I call that good, especially in Baltimore. Yeah, right, especially in Baltimore. Plus, he came away with the win.
2: Yeah, can't ask for any more. Most important for them. Yeah, well, (laughs) for a little bit of daily numbers, but uh, yeah,
3: well, Jared Goff.
2: (laughs) Jared Goff is an interesting case here. Uh, 202 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, but the Rams scored 39 points, right? He had a five touchdown game in week four, but he only has three touchdown passes total since then. Uh you know, the Rams score a lot of points every week, but the problem with Goff is if you roll him out as your starter, and a lot of people did draft him as their starter. He came into the, the, the week as fantasy quarterback eight, but that's just when you look at totals. Especially recently, this team, the, the running back, and we can, we can only say this from a fantasy perspective, from an NFL perspective, they don't care about this. But Todd Gurley scores so often, it hurts the touchdown output of Jared Goff.
3: Oh, absolutely. And the fact of the matter is that they usually get out to an early lead, and that also hurts it. Uh, You know, when you have that great a running game uh, and – You get early leads. You really don't need your quarterback to put the ball in the air. And, you know, he becomes more of a game manager at that point. And while he's very good at that, it does hurt you in fantasy. There's no doubt about it. You know, he has the weapons. He has the the ability to put up big scores in any given week. But if they jump out to that early lead with that running back situation, you really don't need him to come up big. Every time, and that's what kills fantasy owners.
2: Yeah, and it's like I said with Todd Gurley, it's just incredible. Yeah, uh, you know, first and goal from like the the eight is like first and goal from the the half yard line for him. But you know, but his backup ran well today too. Uh, you know, the offensive line just, just does such a terrific job. Uh, you know, sometimes revenge games work and sometimes they don't. We thought Willie Steen was going to be the revenge game today, but it turned out to be Ben Watson instead with six catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. I'm not. This was Watson's first touchdown of the year. And just his second double figure performance. Uh, you know, I'm on record as saying I'm not a Ben Watson fan. You know, anything more is like a blow end tight end, too.
3: Yeah, it is what it is. I I was on him coming into the preseason. You know, I I really thought he was going to have a good year being back with Breeze and hasn't really come to fruition. Uh, But, you know, I'll take these games when I can get them. I actually had to start him in two leagues today. So, you know, I'll take those numbers today, but not somebody you can count on every week. No doubt about it. Uh, Right now, he's either bench fodder for most weeks or he's, you know, droppable.
2: Capri Bibbs with four catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Filled in well today for Chris Thompson. Not the sort of volume, but I view this guy as a stash because if Adrian Peterson goes down at some point, even as well as he's been playing, uh, I think Bibbs would probably get a chance to step up before Samaja Pirine.
3: I I have to agree. I mean, he is absolutely getting playing time right now instead of him. So I'm with you. I don't love that fact. And it's not like I think he's going to be a guy that you have to go out and grab right away because he's going to be that guy every week. But if you have bench space and, you know, you can get him for fairly cheap, then I agree, hold on to him. Because let's face it, Peterson's been getting banged up each and every week. He keeps playing through it and playing well through it, I might add. He definitely looked good running the ball again today. Um, Definitely more than I expected coming into the season. But uh, he's just taking a beating, and you have to wonder how long he can hold up under it.
2: Capri Bibbs slightly outscored Alvin Kamara, which means it's a concern. Now, Kamara wasn't as invisible as we saw last time. He had 17 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown but only two catches for 11 yards. Uh, last year, he split work with Mark Ingram, but we saw so much production per touch, and he's still playing really well. I mean, I love watching Alvin Kamara. Great vision, great speed, great acceleration. Can push the pile for his size, et cetera. Can be receiving back. But it doesn't seem like he's doing quite as much with the reps anymore. The uh, he, some people wanted to draft Alvin Kamara number one overall, number two overall, number three overall. And right now, uh, you know, ever since Ingram came back, he's gone from you know being this elite, maybe top three guy to be maybe more of a back end RB one.
3: Yeah, but that's going to change. You know, you face some tough defenses, and that's going to happen. Last week, last game, they, you know, they really wanted Ingram out there, and you know, showcased Ingram and got him, you know, involved with his first game back, uh, almost like they were giving Camaro, you know, pretty much almost like a game off. They they brought him back. He out snapped. Uh, ingram today so you know he's still involved it, it, this was just baltimore's defense being baltimore's defense uh but he still scored on him they had only given up one prior rushing touchdown on the season uh so you know he still had a decent game that way getting in the end zone but again just not involved in the passing game as much as we thought uh we would have liked to seen I'll, I'll put it that way but i think this just bounces right back to normal uh, against the next team
2: Well, didn't he do it against everybody last year? Uh, I'd have to go back. Can we really say it's about a tough defense and check that off as an excuse for him not having bigger numbers than this?
3: Well, I'm not going to check it off as an excuse. I mean, the fact of the matter is he only got targeted twice. You can't blame him for that. Um, you know, it just didn't work out to be his game that way in the passing game. Breeze was trying to go downfield and trying to make some big plays. And, you know, it just didn't work out to be Kamara getting that job done. You know, it, you can't fault a guy if he's only getting two targets and ask why he's not involved in the passing game.
2: David Njoku, four catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. He's now scored two consecutive games and four consecutive double-figure performances. Ever since uh, the rookie came in at quarterback, he has reemerged.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, pretty much a startable tight end every week now with Mayf- uh, Mayfield under center. Uh, Just getting it done. He hasn't really done much with too many other people, although we saw Landry have the good game today. But he's definitely been in on Njoku every week. So a solid starter moving forward every game.
2: Dante Moncrief, seven catches for 75 yards. Uh, He's had 3 double W-figure performances in his last four games. Is he the wide receiver to own in Jacksonville?
3: There is no the wide receiver to own. You know, like you said, three out of the last four, but the the fourth was a zip. Uh, He didn't do anything. Uh, It's just whoever's there. And plus, we saw Bortles get benched today for Cody Kessler. So we have no idea what's happening in that quarterback situation going forward. And it's going to be hard to trust any of these guys until there's some kind of clarification.
2: Yeah, Kessler played well, but a lot of times we see backup quarterbacks coming and play well because the other team really didn't prepare for them.
3: Oh, absolutely. Catch him totally off guard. Nobody really expected that to happen, but Bortles just wasn't moving the offense at all. and The team just decided they had to take a chance. Now, I'm pretty sure they'll come back and say Bortles is their starter next game, but, you know, you just never know.
2: All right, uh, Julian Edelman, five catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. He has scored in both games since he's returned, even though the receiving numbers haven't been great. Uh, I think they're still to come. Uh, You should start him every week. Derrick Henry, uh, 12 carries for 33 yards and two catches for 32 yards, and he scored a touchdown. A lot of people have cut Derrick Henry. But uh, cutting 10.4% of leagues this past week, only owning 60 and a half. Do you leave him on the free agent list? They they have a buy coming up. Uh, a lot of people will leave him on the free agent list. But uh, can you get Derrick Henry back on your roster?
3: Uh, man, I, you know, not after one week. I'm not ready to buy. He, you know, he, he hadn't done it previously yet. and Hadn't done anything previously. This offense is still very stagnant for the most part. You can't really trust him at all. Uh, you know, based on one week, I'm not saying grab him back yet. Nope, <laughs> not going to happen.
2: Chris Herndon with four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. He has uh, he has 100 receiving yards in his last two games and has scored at each. I think you know with the state of tight end, especially tight end two, uh, you got to give Herndon maybe a look and pick him up. He's only owned in zero point six percent of leagues. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, came out of nowhere the last two weeks and, and got involved, and you know Darnold seems to start liking the throw to him. He had seven targets today. You, you got to love that kind of you know production out of a, a tight end that nobody was rostering, nobody ever thought to even draft. So. You, you know, with the in the last two weeks, he's become a tight end, you know, that's going to get you points. So you got to look at him, you got to try and think. And I think he definitely gets put on that streaming tight end option list every week now,
2: Josh Gordon with uh. With a 100-yard game today, pretty much uh, what we were looking for, especially if you used him in daily. DeAndre Hopkins, three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins just keeps cruising along. Uh, He has scored in three of his last four games and four of his last six. He has not had any less than 14 points in a game. PPR dating back to week three. One of the best. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. With another so-so performance, seven carries for 29 yards, six for 51 receiving, though. But look, the last two weeks haven't been spectacular. But if you're going to get 13 or 14 points as a floor, how much, are you really gonna, how much should you really complain?
3: Absolutely, and Philadelphia's defense was playing him tight today. They were all over him uh, quite often. Every time he went out on a, a pass route, they were on top of him. So he just didn't have you know, uh, as much open area as we normally see. But, uh, yeah, like you said, this is his floor, and I'll take that floor any day.
2: All right, Nick Chubb getting that start. He was stuck on 34 yards for a long time, and people started complaining on social media. And he's going to tell look, the game is four quarters. Just stop it, okay? <laughs> uh, he ended up with 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think we expect a little bit more upside, but he can't complain about 14 points in his first start. He does have Pittsburgh coming up next, but then he's got Kansas City and Arizona.
3: Hey, well, you called it this morning, the Tampa Bay making the change. They, this defense came out to play early in the game. Uh, you know, first couple of quarters, I mean, they were playing tough, and this uh, this offense, Cleveland offense, couldn't get anything going. And, but then we saw Baker Mayfield start to get it going and start to move the offense, and that just opened up some holes for Chubb.
2: 16 carries for 81 yards uh, for Chris Ivory today. And uh he's only owning nine percent of leagues, which shows that people don't have a handcuff enough when sometimes we know the clue the clear handcuff is. So now if you're gonna lose to show, McCoy, you might as have to race to the free agent list. Now you gotta keep your handcuffs in a lot of uh over stashes or, you know, other guys when you can and when you you know who the clear handcuff is. Yeah, right.
3: Uh, but you know, you gotta temper expectations too. Uh, luckily that you know, you get a A running back here who's a a handcuff, who's had you know starting experience in this league and done well, Uh, so you know he he can definitely run the ball. He's tough as nails when it comes to that. So he's he's definitely one of those guys. You know, with McCoy, especially in preseason when you had all the you know the negative stuff going on with him and his girlfriend, the league possibly suspending him. You know, if you were drafting McCoy, you should have been picking up uh, Chris Ivory at the same time.
2: Definitely, Robert Woods. Uh, Today, six six catches for 78 yards. Seems like a little low for him, but I'll take 13.5 points as a floor. Uh, Will Fuller today, uh, six catches for 68 yards. Been dealing with the hamstring injury, etc. Were you encouraged by Will Fuller today?
3: Yeah, it's good to see him get back in there. Seven targets. uh, Actually, eight targets, I'm sorry. uh, catching six of them. You know, didn't get in the end zone, but, you know, you can't expect that every week. But I I did like to see him get back involved in the passing game uh, in this one, especially when Kiki Kote went down. They needed him to be back.
2: Sometimes even the most seasoned fantasy analyst is guilty of complaining too early. Uh, when Tyrell Williams called a 75-yard reception <laughs> early this morning, Jim said, what the hell? They're not throwing to Mike Williams. I said, Jim, will you stop it? I said, uh, it's just the first quarter. Mike Williams ended up with just one catch, but it was a 55-yard touchdown. If you used him on a bye week, it worked out fine. But uh, you know, this, this is certainly a guy that he can't trust who really hasn't given us enough after the first three weeks.
3: The only positive was out of this is that he did get targeted twice in the end zone. Uh, Wasn't able to pull Bolton down some pretty, two pretty good defensive plays, but he was targeted in the end zone. You know, positive sign. You want to see that because eventually, you know, some of those are going to stick. So, uh, you know, I hated that it was only one catch that he had. But like you said, the 55 yards and a touchdown gets you into double digits. And, you know, in the leagues where you had to start him, you, you definitely got your worth out of him for today.
2: Cole Beasley, over his last two games after 7 for 56 today, has uh, 16 catches for 157 yards, and he's still only 22.7% of leagues. Uh, You believe in Cole Beasley now as wide receiver four?
3: Uh, Wide receiver four, maybe. Uh, Look, this is only the second time in his entire career where he's had back to back 10 plus-point games in fantasy. So, you know, I'm not really all there yet, but look, he he seems to be the safest bet on Dallas right now for for Dak, and Dak is, you know, going to him. Uh, Nine targets again, you can't complain about that. That's the kind of game we're looking for for him. But uh, just not a guy you can count on every week. As we get deeper into bye weeks, though, he makes an intriguing, you know, wide receiver three flex play, especially when we get to the weeks where we're missing six
2: teams. Allen Hurds with his best game as a cowboy, five catches for 74 yards. Was this a complete mirage? Man, I like
3: turns. I liked him when he was back with Jacksonville. You know, he, he seemed to be that touchdown magnet, big play guy for them back then. We just haven't seen him getting on track with Dak yes, yet. So hopefully this is him turning that corner. I'd love to see him, you know, get back there and be that guy that they can count on and go to. Uh, he's got that kind of talent. He can score for you. They're just not... He's not there with Dak yet, but this is definitely an encouraging sign. I'll put it that way.
2: Chris Hogan with six catches for 63 yards. Over the last two games, uh, he he has eight, ten catches for 131 yards, two consecutive double-figure performances, uh, owned in 46.9% of leagues. Uh, Should you take a flyer on Chris Hogan, who's maybe re here a little bit, and we don't know what's going to happen with Gronk's back next week? Well, that's
3: it. That the back is definitely the issue here. I, I still think it's going to be more Gordon than than uh, than Hogan, but you know he's getting it done the last couple of weeks. The problem with Hogan is every time you really start to buy into him, all of a sudden he disappears and you get nothing out of him uh, on any given week, and that's always been his issue.
2: All right, coming up next, uh, it's a situation we have to tackle again with a certain premier wide receiver who is uh, who is uh, number one drafted as a number one but he's certainly not playing like it uh maybe people don't give him enough enough uh, attention to the fact that he's been a disappointment that's uh, that's going to come up next on Fantasy Football Rewind you're listening to Scott Engel and Jim Day catch me 7am Eastern every, every morning and always on demand in the Roto Experts in the morning and you can always hear Jim Day of course on the Fantasy Football Frenzy uh, with himself and uh, Chris Ventra and some other dude uh, every every weekday 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back with more wide receiver talk.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is fall we fantasy Football Rewind.
2: Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel with Jim Day. We talk about this crazy fantasy world. Keenan Allen today Another so-so oh, day. Five catches for 72 yards. Keenan Allen has not scored since week one, and he is one game above 75 yards. Yet when everybody does their lineup rankings, uh, fantasy pros, it seems, uh, they would know, all do respect to these other experts. So, you know They're right on other stuff, and I'm certainly wrong. But uh, it doesn't seem like it's getting enough notice that Keenan Allen is certainly not performing like a wide receiver one. He's more like a wide receiver, th- like a high-end wide receiver three. Uh, you know, he seems to give you a floor of about twelve po- to thirteen points every week, which you'll take and you'll put in the start your starting lineup. But for what you drafted, it's not what th- it's not what you expected. You know, this looked like the Allen from a few years ago when he wasn't scoring enough touchdowns. He's staying healthy, which is good. But Keenan Allen, we can no longer consider him a wide receiver of one. I think you still have to lock him in your lineup every week because you know there's a decent floor there. But there's, there's no upside anymore, it seems.
3: Well, you know, quietly he's turned into Willie Steed. Um, You know, Willie Snead keeps getting that, you know, 10, 11, 12 points, and that's what we're getting from Keenan Allen. Definitely not what you expected with the draft capital you invested in him. The return on investment, as uh, Gabe likes to say, is definitely not there with him. So far in the season, now five targets today. That's just not what you expected from him working out of that slot. He he was usually always good for eight or nine targets on the low side in any given game, and it's just not there. I mean, Philip Rivers is having a great season, but he just seems to be scattering the ball around a lot more than in past when he was really you know keying in on uh, on Allen.
2: Yeah, uh, Allen's just the upside's not there any, anymore. Like like I've been saying. Uh, Raheem Mostar today uh, was still involved in the offense. His seven carries for 59 yards, four for 19. You know, maybe somebody can uh, use in a bye week. Uh, I guess they were lying about saying, you know, not keeping him involved.
3: Well, it really Although came Matt, down Matt to... Matt Breida
2: did go out, too.
3: Yeah, right. That, that's what I was going to say. Breida got hurt again. Uh, you know, he, he's managed to keep playing all these he, weeks. You know, keep getting injured, keep playing. But it, it looked bad today. We'll have to see what they say tomorrow. Uh, if you know Breed is going to miss any time, then Mustard may very well become a thing.
2: It could be could be, so uh, hopefully you 're still rosted. I know some people really went overboard spending for him this week uh, twelve carries for thirty nine yards and a touchdown for Jordan Howard. But uh, it certainly wasn't an inspiring performance. Uh, Jordan Howard, if you drafted him in like the third round, maybe even the fourth, he hasn't lived up to that at all. And he shows no signs of, uh, you know, improving yardage-wise anytime soon.
3: Yeah, he's a guy you can't really trust at this point. uh, And unless you're in desperate need, you can't really start him either.
2: No, it's a strictly bye week play, and you hope, you hope he gets a touchdown. Austin Eckler filling in for the injured Melvin Gordon today. Forty-two rushing yards, five catches for twenty-six yards. Eckler's a guy who's you know uh, really doesn't have much of a floor, but always has a ceiling as a complimentary guy. If Gordon misses more time, I can't imagine that uh, you know this guy's going to be consistently productive. He's just not built for a heavy workload.
3: No, he's not. You, you you still want to be see him involved in the passing game because that's where he's going to get you the points. Uh, you know, you like to see him catch five passes. I would have liked to see more than 26 yards out of it. But, you know, still get you there. Combo gets you over, you know, into that double digits. Not not a bad thing for a backup running back. But, he, like you said, he's not built for that every down roll.
2: Adrian Peterson with 99 rushing yards. Uh, ninety-four. He's gone over ninety-five in four of six games so far, and became the uh, I believe the first, no, the third running back in in league history to uh, start four of six games with ninety-five plus rushing yards uh, at age thirty-three or over, which is very impressive. Now, if then we saw Adrian Peterson last year. Uh very, very inconsistent, unreliable. I think we we all believed it was a mirage, but Adrian Peterson loves to prove the naysayers wrong, whether they're fantasy or regular NFL analysts. uh We all remember when when he uh came back from the shredded knee and rushed for two thousand yards. That's the best example. Adrian Peterson doesn't run with the same authority and power that he did did in his prime, but he still has great vision. He makes people miss, and he's still got great football instincts. He's still shifty, and he, he's, he's still very smart about the game, and he still has a lot of skill left. He's he's not what he was. He's not a superstar anymore, but he's still a, a good NFL running back. It's almost like, like say, 75% of Adrian Peterson is still better than a lot of running backs. So he's still very, very viable, and he can, I think he can lock him pretty much in as an RB2 or flex every week as long as he doesn't continue to get banged up some more.
3: Yeah, and that's a concern right now. He's definitely been taking a lot of hits, uh, you know, especially with Chris Thompson out there using him more. But look, right now, Drew through. Drew- the season he's got uh, 101 rushes for 438 yards and three touchdowns through six games nice numbers he's right now on a pace for 268 carries 1168 yards and eight touchdowns so you know absolutely getting it done when most of us didn't expect uh, look half the games last year he averaged under two point uh, yards a carry, 2.0 yards per carry. So we didn't really expect him to do much coming into Washington, but he's proven us all wrong like you said.
2: Yeah, wasn't this guy picked up on waivers in a lot of leagues like post draft?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, he, he, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't on a team at that point, so we didn't really expect him to do much. It wasn't
2: until Depending he on when he up. drafted, yeah.
3: Yeah, right, right. So you know it's uh, we we just none of us really thought he was going to do much. We a lot of us uh, myself included thought he was brought in more just to sell jerseys for the team, but he's uh, once again like you said, he's one of those guys that like that likes to prove people wrong and once again
2: he's doing it. OJ Howard with 5 catches for 67 yards. And uh, I said Howard was the one guy that you really had to pick up uh, this past week if you needed tight end help. And uh, O.J. Howard has, uh, in the last two games, he has nine catches for 157 yards. And uh, this is a guy that you can pretty much lock in every week. He's had double figures in four of his last five outings.
3: Yeah, he's absolutely uh, playing. He's Basically, at this point, showing that you know, great was a nice play, and everybody thought he would make that you know transition again with Winston there. But you know, Howard has just taken over, and it's his job, and he's playing very well at this
2: point. And watching Winston today, it seems like like Deshaun Jackson's starting to disappear from his view again. Like he, he even likes, he seems even seems to prefer Adam Humphreys over him.
3: Uh, yeah. Again, this he didn't really have any connection with J- Sean Jackson last year either, uh, so it's not really a big surprise. And you know, I mentioned to you this morning off air we were talking is that he he's been terrible trying to throw the deep ball since he's come back. Where you know that's what F- Fitzpatrick was great at was throwing that deep ball. Winston hasn't been able to do that yet. He's got some of the worst numbers in the league trying to complete those passes. So it you know that really just takes a lot of. De- Deshaun Jackson's game out of it because that's what he is. He's that explosive receiver. Gets down the field fast, makes those big plays. If you can't get the ball to him, then he really becomes irrelevant.
2: You know, uh, while we're on the air, uh, you know, watching the Kansas City Chiefs, which is so much fun. I uh, don't want to regress too much, but it's something I want, to, I want to talk about. In the past, you know, when people have said, you know, what do you think about drafting a quarterback and a wide receiver from the same team? I always said, you steer clear of it because you never know in any given week when a team might flame out. You remember a few years ago, I think it was 2016, when Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson were still a a thing. And in the first playoff week, they went to Buffalo and scored 13 points, and a lot of people who had that type of connection got eliminated from their playoff games. Uh, I always said, you know, it's not good to invest too much on one team. And but with the way that the NFL is this year though uh, especially if you're talking Kansas City or the Rams you know I've I've kind of changed my mind because the league has changed where you know again there were no shutdown defenses these offenses are opposing, imposing their will every week where it wasn't that way just 2 in 2016 and you know, if you have like Kareem Hunt and Pat Mahomes on the same team, or Pat Mahomes and Hill. I'm okay with stacking guys seasonally now as well. You know, it's changed.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We, we're seeing a lot of points put up on the board in, in a lot of these games. We're seeing, you know, the Vegas over and unders creep up, uh, you know, not too many games in the low 40s anymore. Most are, you know, mid-40s and higher pretty much every week. Uh, you know, these the, it's becoming that offensive game that you, you've been talking about a lot that you can't count on any defense to stop an offense uh, at this point. Even the best ones can get beat.
2: Yep. Uh, Michael Crabtree, five catches for – 66 yards today. I think we expected better, but that's the thing with Crabtree. That's that's who he is. That's that's a Michael Crabtree line, and I I think I think you know okay, you'll take it. You know you'll get your 11, 12 points every week. The problem with that is you maybe get one or two more from Keenan Allen, but Crabtree's got a floor, but he's got no upside. Deshaun Jackson, we just talked about today. He did have a rushing touchdown, but he can't. He certainly can't count on that. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin today, four catches for 71 yards. If Derek Anderson uh, continues to start, do you think Kelvin Benjamin is worth the pickup this week? Uh, he was totally non existent until this week, only owning 32.9% of leagues.
3: Uh, you know, I, I'm not. Look, I, I mentioned it this morning that I thought he might, playing with Anderson, he might do a little better, and that's what he did. He did a little better. But I don't know if we can expect more than this. Uh, His floor is still under double digits. So we're talking about, you know, taking a risk each and every week that he's going to actually perform. And you're taking the risk that this entire Buffalo offense is going to perform with that, you know, McCoy being out again. You know, it helps him a little bit if McCoy's out because it just takes one more passing option off the table. But, you know, at at this point, he's so hard to trust uh, that I wouldn't recommend there's better waiver wire options pretty much every week than Kelvin Benjamin.
2: Chris Godwin has scored in all but uh, two games this year, uh, including this week. He did not score, but five catches for 59 yards. And uh, it seems like Jameis Winston, you know, does have, does have something a radar from. When you talk about Kelvin Keenan Allen, where you, where you drafted him, he's not too far ahead of Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is a guy that you probably drafted in the, the 14th round if at all, and, you know, Godwin's providing better value. You know, this is a guy that you definitely want as a wide receiver for. Well,
3: absolutely. He's seen a lot of, uh, you know, red zone targets as well, which is great for a wide receiver. You want to see those kind of numbers. Like I said, four out of six weeks, he's gotten in the end zone. Uh, Those red zone attempts continue to come. So, you know, he's a guy that uh, Winston trusts, especially when they get deep into the, the defensive territory. So, you know he's a he's a guy that, you know, I'm not saying he's an every week must start, but he's definitely getting really close.
2: Deshaun Watson 139 passing yards, one touchdown, no interception, seven rushes for 13 yards. He's playing with a bruised lung, not a punctured lung. Uh, you know, I I misspoke this morning in a big way. Uh, just to Uh-oh, correct did that. Did they yell at you? <laughs> no, nobody yelled at me. It's just like I oh, s- okay. <laughs> said to myself, how silly of that was me, you know, corrected myself, <laughs> edited myself there. But right now, Deshaun Watson, the way he's playing, it's, uh, you know, he's nowhere near in QB1 territory. And while his health continues to be an issue, uh, it's going to be hard to start him. Golden Tate with a rush for 30 yards, but only four catches for 36 yards. I think – I, th- I think this is just a case of, you know, over the last two games, he hasn't scored 20 points, but, you know, it's maybe just like a two-game quiet spell for him. I think he's definitely got to bounce back, and he p- he plays Seattle next weekend, which is certainly a revenge game.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and you do expect him to bounce back, no doubt about it. Again, this was a, a product of Stafford not having-, having to throw a lot in this game, and, you know, uh, you know, if you're counting on, on Tate and, and Galladay and, you know, even Marvin Jones to a lesser extent teaching each and every week, you need those pass attempts. If uh, on Johnson continues to run this well, if Blount comes off the bench and, you know, gets you 50 yards and a rushing touchdown, it, it's going to hurt these guys at some point. Uh, luckily Tate, you know, still has the the highest floor of the three. Galladay has, you know, that nice touchdown production that you can count on. But Tate is still that PPR guy that you want to own. So I wouldn't get so down on him yet. Just uh, you you know, he's got to come back a little bit, back to back to normal, have a little bit positive regression here.
2: While uh, Adam Thielen has been doing all kinds of somersaults off the fantasy high dive, uh, Stephon Diggs has been doing the doggy paddle lately. And, uh, you know, the guy has not scored in five consecutive games and two consecutive 33-yard performances. But uh, I say go ahead and buy low on Stefan Diggs, especially with the Saints coming up.
3: Uh, I'm with you. Uh, the people out there probably panicking, uh, only had... He had eight receptions. I mean, it wasn't for any yardage, 33 yards. Wind might have had something to do with that. But he was still targeted 14 times. You know what? If if there's anybody out there who's freaking out about Stephon Diggs, like Scott says, right now, great time to go out and buy low.
2: Yeah, thousand people be a reactionary. I'm, I'm worried about Diggs. Uh, Torrey Smith, four catches for 61 yards. And last week he scored a touchdown uh, on five catches for 42 yards. If you especially play in a deeper league uh Torrey smith's only uh, only owned at zero point five percent of leagues, but he does have Baltimore coming up next week well that 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 is a revenge game for him, but uh I don't know much you count on Tory Smith, but after that he's got Tampa bay uh any consideration of picking up Tory Smith off of waivers
3: not really uh look he, the last couple of years he's been a hard wide receiver to trust in any way shape or form. Uh, you know, Jarius Wright doing doing well there as well. Uh, you know, Funch is having a good season. Even Olsen getting the end zone today. Uh, he's just too far down on the, the, the feeding chart for me.
2: All right. Making me hungry. All right. Coming up next, we'll talk about more fantasy football week seven. All right, back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, King and Fantasy Taz. DailyRoto.com has tried to make fantasy great again. We've told you how the the site has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings Millionaire Tournament winners and millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. This past Sunday, for example, using the DailyRoto NFL lineup optimizer, Colin Drew, cash for nearly $72,200 on DraftKings. Head on over to DailyRoto.com and to promo code FNTSY for a special discount and take part in the Daily Fantasy winning—you're going to win so much, you're going to get sick of winning. And if the sports wagering you're into, <laughs> click on the new sports betting tab, where you'll be able to use the same tools that produce all those daily fantasy winnings. DailyRoto.com is making fantasy great again. That's DailyRoto.com, the industry website where millionaires are made, and thousands are too. And and DailyRoto.com is the industry website where millionaires are made, literally. All right, moving on here. So to some other notable performances uh, from this past week. Uh, we take a look at uh, Greg Olson, who got in the end zone today, uh, but only had two catches for five yards.
3: Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it's going to be that type of season for Greg Olson. Going to be hard to count on each and every week. Uh, I, I think it's just the end. He should have taken the taken the year and gone into broadcasting. <laughs>
2: Kevin White had two catches for 64 yards. Not that he's on the radar, but one of those was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. and uh, Very, very exciting. Nelson Aguilar, only six catches. He had six catches, but only for 20 yards. Seems like Aguilar has always had these weird receiving lines. Like He's, he's had it before this season. Where like uh, Eight catches for 33 yards in the opener. Uh, he only has two double-figure performances. Would you cut Nelson Aguilar right now?
3: Yeah, yeah, I was saying, uh, you know, a week ago, even two weeks ago, I think I was saying that he was cuttable. It's just he, he's just falling off the radar with uh, Jeffrey Beck.
2: Yeah, he, he certainly got outplayed uh, by Dallas Goddard today. Chester Rogers four catches for forty yards. He played pretty well when T.Y. Hilton was out. I don't think I can cut him just yet though, because there is going to be more games where Luck is airing it out more than he did today. I think Chester Rogers is still going to be a factor.
3: Yeah, I, I think he is, uh, as long as Ryan Grant is out. If Ryan Grant comes back, then Rogers goes back to that number three role, puts him a little too far down the pecking order for me.
2: Really disappointing day for Alex Collins. Only 11 carries for 38 yards. Look, the Saints haven't allowed a, a lot of passing y- rushing yards. That's because they're so good against the pass, too. But they, they've always defended the run pretty well, too. You've got to give them credit. They've actually defended it well. But we thought he was going to finish off some scoring drives today uh, with a touchdown or two. I thought he was a great start. Just didn't work out for Alex Collins. It's, he, he's very touchdown-dependent.
3: Oh absolutely he is. He doesn't really do much in the passing game. Although he did, you know, have three receptions today, but only for 10 yards. So basically three short handoffs. Um yeah, and if he doesn't get in the end zone, this is what you're going to see. You're going to see seven, eight points out of him without that score on the, on on the book.
2: Kitty stills Uh, Today did catch a touchdown pass, but it was only catch for five yards. Uh, Not really a guy that you could trust at all. Robbie Anderson, only three catches for 44 yards. He's really not watchable. Traquan Smith, three catches for 44 yards, but... It, to me, it wasn't the total numbers; it's merely really much of the quality and looks that Drew Brees was looking for him on a lot of key passing downs. And I think when this team gets home and they're playing on a fast track, especially with Ted Ginn Jr. on IR, I think uh, I think we've seen, we we haven't seen the best of Traquan Smith just yet. Uh, last week, like over a th- hundred yards, but just on three catches. I th- I think Trayquann Smith's gonna. Going to turn out to be more reliable is going to have some upside, and uh, I really like him as a pickup this upcoming week. Uh, Good-looking rookie wide receiver, only owned in eight point seven percent of leagues.
3: Hey, look, when you got Drew Brees throwing to you, and you got that kind of speed, you know you can put points on the board in any given moment, and that's all he really needs is that one big play each and every week to to put you over the top and get you into double digits. So, I, I'm with you. I like this kid a lot. Uh, everybody went scrambling to try and get him uh, once Gid went on IR. And, you know, if they were looking for him in my leagues, he was probably on my roster already.
2: <laughs> Willie Steed on uh, three catches for 23 yards. We saw it as both a good matchup and the revenge game thing as well. But really, more than anything, it was really the good matchup. And uh, he had his worst game of the year.
3: Yeah, it just didn't come out there. uh Again, he's been that reliable, you know, double-digit scorer every week, 10, 11, 12 points, what you see. But, you know, with those kind of guys, you know every once in a while they're going to hit that pothole and, you know, break an axle Uh and not really put up fantasy points. So that's what we
2: saw out of him today. Jordan Reed today with uh, two catches for 43 yards. He's been staying healthy, but the numbers have been disappointing. He hasn't had a double-figure game since week three.
3: Yeah, he's uh, he's not somebody you can count on right now. He, he's somebody that you know maybe you you take as we get into heavy bye weeks, and he's a a streamer for you. But he's not somebody you should be starting each and every week. You know, even healthy now it's the first time in his career that while healthy, you can't count on him to score. And you know, Alex Smith usually loves to throw to tight end. He just doesn't seem to have any rapport with Reed at all.
2: Is he? Would you cut him right now? Uh... You know, the, way, the, the way that he's playing? Because you can't start him.
3: Oh, I, I would, absolutely. I don't like to carry two tight ends. You know, there, there's plenty of guys that were considered lesser tight ends that are playing better than him right now that I would rather own.
2: Would you cut Jordan Reed for Chris Herndon?
3: Ooh, <laughs> uh, valid point, but you know what? Oh, man, I mean, I don't think I could do that. I'm not ready to buy into Chris Herndon fully yet uh, after two good weeks. But, uh, again, you know, if you need to make that roster move, I can't fault you for it either. But I just don't know if I have the guts to do that. How's that?
2: (laughs) Okay. Uh, If you want to crown him, crown him. Uh, Mark Ingram, the second. uh, In his second start back, 32 rushing yards, 10 receiving yards. Uh, he did get the opportunities, but he didn't do enough with it today.
3: Yeah, no, it definitely did not. Uh, Baltimore really shut him down and, you know, basically, you know, did a pretty good job of shutting Camara down, too. They, they are great defense, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, fortunately for them, their kicker screwed up. <laughs>
2: All right, Uh Here's a big one. It's Ezekiel Elliott with his worst game of the season, 15 carries for 33 yards and two rush rushes for 99 yards, easily his worst game of the season and uh, his first in single, single digits in PPR. You know, it, it, instead of us saying, you know, because we've both been doing this a long time, uh, go out and trade for him if somebody's down on him, I think any Ezekiel Elliott owner with half a brain would think that it's just an outlier and a down week. And if you're going to try to buy low on him, I think it's going to be hard.
3: Oh, it will be hard. But, you know, but then again, we've both we've been doing this a long time. We've both seen many people overreact. I'm talking majority here, not absolute. No, I I know. And that's what I'm saying. So it doesn't hurt to go out and try. That's all I'm saying. Don't don't just say, oh, well, nobody's going to want to give him up. You know, go out and try. You never
2: know. C.J. Bethard, 15 of 27, 170 passing yards, one touchdown and three turnovers. Uh, Bethard regressed. He was a popular daily play today as well. But uh, should bounce back. I mean, he's got Arizona next week. And he already you know, burned him for 309 yards and two touchdowns already. And then he's got the Raiders. And the Giants after that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the first bad game he's really had is the starter so far after taking over for uh, for you know, uh, whatever his freaking name is. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Why don't you ask yeah. Ventra what his name is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I kept picturing Ventra in my head as I was trying to remember his name. He um, replaced you know, so Chris Ventra. Yeah, it was his first bad game. Uh, you know, against the Rams, it was, was was, you know, if you watch the game, you can see the Rams were throwing a lot of different defensive looks at him, uh, you know, really trying to mix him up, trying to confuse him. And, you know, it, it just looked like they got into his her- head early on.
2: Yeah, certainly. It's a, it's a bad offensive line, too, and you know, really a bad matchup, like an injury-depleted offensive line. Uh, you know, they They still got some key injuries on that line, right?
3: They got some key injuries all over that team. I mean, yeah, yeah, on the line. <laughs>
2: just making sure, though, just, even with it just it was a bad matchup for that offensive line against that defensive line. It's something you got to yep. remember. Beathard's played pretty well overall uh, in terms of stacking up fantasy points, but he does turn the ball over. He does absorb sacks. Uh, also, does well in play action, though, and getting the ball to downfield. He's erratic, but uh, I still like him as, as a viable quarterback number two. Eric Ebron, uh, just three catches for 31 yards today. It looks like Andrew Luck was throwing for the tight ends, but he got forgot about Ebron.
3: Yeah, you know, Swoop got another touchdown this week. Uh, you know, about all he got, but he got it. Uh, Ebron just, you know, hey, look, everybody has a bad game once in a while. This was Ebron's. He just wasn't involved, uh, even though he got targeted seven times.
2: All right. Uh, Isaiah Crowell uh, played through another injury, but only uh, – he only had twenty nine rushing yards and uh, twenty one receiving yards. Isaiah Crowell is the most erratic running back in all of in all of fantasy football, it seems. But you know, there is no floor there and nothing but upside. It's very very frustrating. He's got Chicago and Miami and Buffalo coming up.
3: Yeah, th- three tough defenses are really going to push him. Uh, you know. Against Miami, though, he might have a shot because those yeah, Miami's
2: Miami lets it up to the running backs. Yeah,
3: that's what I'm saying. He, he gets a, a big shot way. there. The other two games, not so much. Uh, again, he is just, he's just—he's one of those guys that you just can't trust every week, uh, but he's going to throw out you know those big games every once in a while just to keep you intrigued.
2: Okay, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., uh, three catches for 29 yards. Uh, you know, this is the guy I said you know that I was worried about in the preseason that uh, Kenny Olley didn't have a big game today, but uh, still that he was going to become the number three receiver for the team, and that's the way it's looking. Uh, Duke Johnson, only four catches for 22 yards, kind of a disappointing day against a team that uh, really had given up so many receiving yards to opposing running backs, but they played better defense overall today. Wendell Smallwood, uh, nine carries for 32 yards. Uh, This team, the, the Eagles really don't have a number one running back. Uh, you know, they fell to three and four right now. Uh, you know, if a team is going to trade for Le'Veon Bell or another running back, it's got to be the Eagles.
3: I, I'm with you. They, they they have to be really right now reeling on trying to figure out what to do for this situation. They have to bring really, somebody really else in. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, they have to bring somebody else in. And I'm with you. They, they, they must be on the phones, burning phone lines, trying to find that one guy that they can bring in. You know, it. it Not that I think he's a great running back, but I'm still surprised that Orleans Darkwa is still out there and available. I mean, again, not a great running back, but he had almost 800 yards last year for a bad Giants team. I figured by now somebody would have given him a shot.
2: Yeah, but I don't know if it's anything better than what the Eagles have right now.
3: Well, I'm not saying just the Eagles. I'm just saying in general. I just thought he'd be somewhere. But, yeah, if I'm the Eagles and I'm looking to get back into, you know, getting into that Super Bowl run, then I'm looking for a better running back, no doubt about it. Well, Why except, weren't they in
2: the Carlos Hyde mix?
3: I, I don't know if anybody was in the Carlos Hyde mix except Jacksonville because they just went right to him and said, look, we want Hyde. What, what can we do about it? And I don't even think, you know, I don't think they were shopping Hyde. I think Jacksonville just came and asked for him.
2: Kenny Galladay, two catches for thirty seven yards. Uh just a quiet game and uh you know not everybody's gonna blow up every week. He did have a touchdown reception call back because of a penalty.
3: Yeah, and I hated to see that. You hate to see that when a guy's having a bad game anyway, finally gets in the end zone, you get all happy, and then there goes the, the flag and the penalty and it comes back and you get all deflated again. One of the worst Taylor things get- when you're a fantasy owner. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I hate that. Taylor Gabriel, three catches for 26 yards. Came back to earth in what we thought was going to be a good matchup for him. Uh, had two good games, and people were saying, oh, I, I saw some fans saying, you know, he's the Tyreek Hill in this offense, but Taylor Gabriel still has yet to prove that he can be more than boomer bust, I think.
3: Well, and that's what it is. I, I mean, we... we Rode him with the offense because the offense had played two straight games. Then this time the offense played a great game and it didn't need Gabriel. And that's going to happen with those big play guys. You're going to have games where they're just not really in the mix, and you know you got to take it for what it is. He's still a big play guy. He's going to have plenty of you know decent games going forward, but he's not a guy you can count on each and every week.
2: Damian Ratley, a uh, Jim Day favorite, only had three catches for 23 (laughs) yards. But he was still better than Antonio Callaway. But it was all about uh, Jarvis Landry today. Uh, Naheem Hines, we mentioned him only 47 rushing yards. Only one catch for negative five yards. I wouldn't quite cut him just yet, but... uh, uh, I think he's getting on that cusp, though. If Marlon Mack continues to play like this, what you hope for is is that is that Marlon Mack is the runner and uh, that that Himes could compliment him as a receiver.
3: Right, but you also can't cut him just for the fact that you know Marlon Mack has an injury history, a pretty decent in- injury history, and you know you just don't know when he's going to miss time, and just because of that, Hines has, Hines has value. Uh, you know, it's not going to be Wilkins, not going to be Turbin. I, you know, I think Hines is going to be the next guy up if Mac gets injured again.
2: All right. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, two catches for 24 yards today after that huge game last week. Uh, is Goodwin – Goodwin was very reliable last year. Uh, he broke out as a reliable guy, but you know, I'm still wondering. There's always that nagging nagging thought in the back of my mind is, is this guy Boomer Bust too?
3: I don't think he's so much boomer, bust. It, it was just that the Rams really got a, a, after Beathard today, and basically it was just a trickle-down effect. They got after Beathard, and everybody else just came down except for Kittle. Kittle was the only reliable guy there.
2: All right. Uh, Frank Gore really didn't do anything today, uh, which was a little disappointing what we thought was a good matchup.
3: Yeah, going against Detroit, I definitely expected him to do more of that. Uh, you know, he, he's... Definitely touchdown dependent, but you had to hope that he'd get you know somewhere over seventy five yards in this matchup. Ends up with twenty nine yards and catch one ball for four yards. Ain't gonna get it done, Frankie boy. We need more than that.
2: Hey, Frankie boy over there. <laughs> I didn't realize uh, you were on a first name basis with him. Uh, uh,
3: we hang out. All Corey the time.
2: Davis, three catches for ten yards. <laughs> Here's the dilemma with Corey Davis. You know he hasn't scored above nine points. In four of his last five games. Is it time to cut Corey Davis, strip the name off the back of the jersey, and just get rid of him?
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you you can't, it's hard to count on anybody. I can't cut Corey Davis. Yeah, right. He's Corey Davis. He was such a high draft pick. Well, hey, look, it it is what it is. This offense isn't moving the ball. Mariota isn't throwing for 150 yards, over 150 yards in any game. He's just not getting it done. Uh, you know, he had the one good game. Everything else
2: has been garbage. All right. Speaking of garbage, we'll talk about the Tampa Bay running backs one more time. Coming up next. That's uh, stay with us here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Fantasy Football Rewind with uh, with Jim and Scott.
4: show and ask your question the number is 844-84-FNTSY that's 844-843-6879 the Fancy sports radio network your free fantasy source 24 hours a day
2: BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BestDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit, if you use the promo code FNTSY, that's bet DSI promo code FNTSY. So head on over to bet and start winning today. Some more, we saw uh, Ronald Jones get in the end zone, only 23 carry, 23 rushing yards, and a touchdown. He and Peyton Barber combined for 53 rushing yards. Uh, is Ronald Jones going to be the starter, though, over here?
3: Oh, man, it's so hard to count on Ronald Jones or think of him as being that starter. It's such a terrible preseason that he was inactive for the first three games. as a healthy scratch. You know, they're trying to bring him on. Uh, Barber finally had the good game last week, and everybody said, oh, that's the end of it. You know, he's going to get a chance if Barber continues to struggle. He can't count on Barber from week to week. they got to try to establish some kind of running game. He might get his chance, but I'll be damned if I can count on him.
2: Uh, Josh Reynolds didn't stop step forward in the opportunity. Opportunity doesn't always lead to production. Only one catch for 19 yards.
3: Yeah, yeah, it just didn't didn't come uh, for for this offense. Didn't come for him. It just you just expected a little bit more of a of a play time this week with uh, Cup out, and it just didn't happen. I know a lot of people were trying to play him in DFS this week. And it didn't work out for them.
2: The Broncos were the highest scoring defense of uh, Week 7 uh, in ESPN Standard Scoring. Two touchdowns, th- two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and six sacks. Uh, the Rams today with uh, with a good day as well. Two interceptions, two r- fumble recoveries, seven sacks, one safety, and also a uh, punt block, which doesn't count, and uh, only 10 points allowed. But uh, it's hard to trust the Rams on a week-to-week basis. They got that great defensive front, but they're a little bit uh, wobbly on that back seven, and and uh, they got Green Bay and New Orleans coming up.
3: Right it, against you know lesser quarterbacks that you know or inexperienced quarterbacks, that front seven means all the difference in the world. Once you start getting into like Rodgers and Brees, then they're going to be able to pick apart that secondary. Uh, you know, at, pretty much at will. Uh, because they'll be able to get the ball out of their hands, be able to read the defense uh, a lot better than these younger guys. So you're going to see that come come into play with those next two games.
2: Streaming the Colts, they were a popular stream uh, this past week as they went against uh, they went against uh, the Buffalo Bills. They were actually added 41.1 percent of leagues this past week. And only over on overall in forty-five percent of leagues, certainly paid off with uh, with three interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and uh, two sacks, and only three points allowed. Uh, the Washington football team uh, performed well today. Also, uh, they did have a touchdown, a key touchdown, uh, which pretty much ended up being the winning play. Uh, fumble recovery and four sacks. Uh, 17 points allowed you take a look at that washington defense uh this was their first double figure performance since week one but they also had seven points the past week
3: yeah no they' are a good defense and especially when you get into these you know interdivisional rivalries they play tight and uh, you know they're always out there and you know right now they're they're leading the division and you know, you got to give them props for that. They are what they are, and they want a, a good game against a, a you know a tougher Dallas team. Uh, I do want to make one point though. You know, you're talking about the Colts going against Buffalo and how Colts were picked up this week. That's why we're going to see a trend every week. Is who's ever playing Buffalo is going to be the defense to own that week, and you know the reason why San
2: Francisco that, won't be far behind. Yeah, no, no, San Francisco won't be far
3: behind. But look, it, although they the, give
2: up points to them, yeah,
3: with uh. Here, here's a little tidbit: Todd Gurley has scored seven more points than the entire Bills team this season.
2: Not a shocker. Somehow,
3: Texans defense. I actually would have uh, thought it would be more.
2: <laughs> Texans defense has scored thirty-six points in its last three game, two games. Forty-five in its last uh, in its last three, and another good performance. there just allowing seven points uh, with an interception. Two fumble recoveries, four sacks, seven points allowed, and the Texans' defense, uh, while it's kind of leaky on the back end, though you know they're performing well up front, and they have Miami and Denver coming up before a bye.
3: Yeah, no, you gotta gotta like this defense moving forward, especially against those two opponents. They're going to continue to make uh, plays and take the ball away, and you know just just playing at a pretty good level right now and keeping this team in the games.
2: The Bills coming up next week, play new England. So the Patriots will be a popular pickup despite their leakiness. And the 49ers, uh, play Arizona. And last no, time they know. faced that's, Arizona, that's... Arizona at a 21 point day in some scoring systems and 24 in others.
3: Well, there you go. I, I you know, it, Defenses are so tough. Uh, you know, a lot of their scoring is predicated on defensive touchdowns or special team touchdowns that are so hard to predict. But when you got guys teams that are taking the ball away on an every-week schedule and, you know, sacking quarterbacks, that's what you got to look for. You're looking for that more than you're trying to predict those crazy touchdowns.
2: All right. Uh, top kicker today was Matt Prater. Uh, Prater was uh, – Prater had 16 points in ESPN standard scoring today. Uh, Dan Bailey uh, was the second-highest kicker with 13 points. Greg Zerline also came back with 13 points as well. Good to see Zerline back. Uh, Kamai Fairbain is very underrated. He had 10 points uh, today, and uh, Fairbain is only owned in 32.6% of leagues.
3: Yeah, he's been a pretty solid kicker for a team that you know right now is not scoring a lot of, of points on its own. So they need that kicker. He gets plenty of chances, and that's what we're seeing. Uh, you know, uh, again, not not the greatest day, but you know, anytime you can see that a kicker get ten points or more, that's what you're looking for.
2: Certainly. So that's our wrap for uh, for this week, and uh, let's start looking ahead to Monday Night Football with the Falcons and Jim Day's Giants here and uh, taking a look at the quarterback position. When you look at fantasy points against, how do you feel about people who actually saved Eli Manning for this matchup? Maybe they have Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers on a bye here. The Falcons give up the second most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks.
3: Yeah, you know, it. for me, look, for Eli, the one thing I say, I... I Can't bet for or against the Giants ever. With Eli, it really comes down to seeing that first pass that he makes. You can tell from that first pass if you're going to get the good Eli on that specific game or if you're going to get the bad Eli. Until that point, you have no idea. Uh, he, He goes either way, and right now on this season, he's been going the opposite way. But this is a great matchup. Ah, man, he's got so many damn weapons. Saquon Barkley should be able to feed off this Atlanta defense. Uh, you know, you you want to expect Atlanta to play a little better at home, but they are so beat up on, on defense that they are just not stopping anybody. Uh, it's, if Eli's going to have a good game this year, this should be the one.
2: Well, it's all about Saquon Barkley because I think they want to play bulk, c- control, etc., and try to keep that. Offensive, much off the field. With Matt Ryan, the Giants are 19th against opposing quarterbacks in fantasy points allowed. But it almost seems like it doesn't matter. I mean, you, well, we talk about like there are no shutdown defenses. You know, I think naturally you got to roll out most of your Falcons here. Uh, Julio's an obvious start. We know he won't get in the end zone against anybody. Calvin Ridley's <laughs> going to play. Mohamed <laughs> Sanu's going to play. You got to like Austin Hooper. Uh, so I, I think you got to be rolling out most of these Falcons passing pieces with a lot of confidence.
3: Well, I don't know if it's a lot of confidence, and I'm not sure where you got 19th, because I got 13th, so I'm going to have to double-check my numbers to make sure I'm... I'm I'm sorry, I have the page upside
2: down. down. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it look, it, it's the Giants. You never know what you're going to get from any week to the next. Uh, I would absolutely say start your Atlanta Falcons players at home. Uh, they should be able to put up points against the Giants. It could end up being a shootout. Vegas has the over 100, 54 and a half points, you know, a pretty high slate for them. Uh, it's just so hard
2: to trust what you get from the Giants from week to week. Well, you pretty much, you just made my point for me. It sounded like you're confidently starting your Falcons.
3: I know. I, I did say confidently start your okay. Falcons. I, did yeah. I thought you said, I don't know where you say
2: confidence it? from. Okay. Uh, you were this morning, but uh, that's over. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the Giants are also 25th against the rush, uh, you know, in terms of rush, total rushing yards allowed. But uh, we've seen opportunities for these guys in shootouts, Edo Smith and Tevin Coleman, before, and they haven't produced. Yeah,
3: Tevin Coleman is hard for me to count on. Edo Smith, we just don't know what kind of role he's going to have. Is he going to take over those, those early down runs? Is he going to be the goal line consistent goal line carry guy? I, I think he gets the goal line carries. Coleman hasn't really been that guy. But Coleman is really not living up to what we expected him to do, especially with Freeman being out there. So we may see Edo Smith take a bigger role. Um, You know, the Giants have only allowed 3.90 yards per carry to opposing running backs, but they've been beaten up a little bit through the air, giving up three passing touchdowns to running backs. You know, I, I just don't know if I trust either one. Edo Smith, he might get you in the end zone, but that might be all he does. Uh, Tevin Coleman lately has been somebody that I just don't want to start. Uh, He's been riding the bench in in any league I have him in. I don't think that. Regardless of matchup. Yeah, I don't think that trend stops tomorrow.
2: The Giants are 25th in total rushing yards allowed, though. There's something to be had there. You you were saying that uh, you were wondering if Edo Smith was eventually going to become the lead running back on this team because Coleman hasn't taken advantage of the opportunity whatsoever.
3: Yeah, no, and it absolutely could. I mean... You know, Smith looks like a talented little runner. He just hasn't really gotten enough chances for us to see what he's truly capable of. He is another small running back, but I'm not going to hold that against him. We've seen too many good small running backs in this league that could be every down back. Yeah, right. Um, So I'm not. I'm not. They wear down quicker than the others, though. Well, some of them do. Some of them don't. Um, You know, Christian McCaffrey seems to be holding up pretty good. He's a small back. He's only been Uh, in the league two years. (laughs) but he's holding up well.
2: (laughs) No, what I'm saying is over the course of a career, I guess I should say, I think, you know, like Devonta Freeman's like gotten banged up quicker. And, but then there were some really tiny running backs who just can't be feature backs like Jock quiz Rogers.
3: Right. Uh, You know, so it's not only his size. I I just want to see it before I'm ready to believe it. A lot of people were jumping all over him uh, this week. And, you know, have to start him. You have to start him. Get him right in your lineups, and I'm just not ready to believe that yet.
2: Thursday night game this week will be the four and two Dolph- three dolphins against the four and three Texans. The dolphins uh, they started three and zero, but they've lost three of their last four. That should be uh, probably a defensive game. You would think because the way the Texans defense is playing and uh, the way Deshaun Watson is playing.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I bet you we see a low-scoring number come out of Vegas for that game. And, you know, once again, week eight, we have four teams on bye that we have to con- concern ourselves with. Tennessee, not really a big concern. But then you got the Chargers, Dallas, and Atlanta uh, also on bye next week. So, you know, a few key players that are going to be off the rosters uh, might hurt you, especially for the Chargers and Atlanta. Uh, so, it, you know, it, at, as we start to get into this, again, we have another – Uh, Early game next Sunday with another London game Sunday, right? And then the week after that—that's the week where we have the uh, the six teams off the first time for the year, uh, with Indianapolis, Cincinnati, the Giants, Philadelphia, Arizona, and Jacksonville. That should be a fun week. I love those sixteen bye weeks. Uh, Really, put your your roster creation to stress.
2: Yeah, Chris Mitchell of Roto Expert, said usually the Wembley Stadium games, like one team falls flat. But we, did, we didn't see that this time. And uh, the Eagles and the Jaguars will travel over there. There was some rumors that the Jaguars actually wanted to move there, but they're going to shut that down. Uh, but the way the Jaguars are playing, uh, you know, defensively, you can't be scared of anything offensively for the Eagles.
3: Yeah, no, I, and I would except for that running game. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. really trust that running game to do a lot, but I, I do think that they could be, you know, they could beat that defense through the air like we've been seeing. Uh, again, Jacksonville started out great, uh, just hasn't been that of, of late. They've been getting beat pretty bad. I think Philadelphia continues that trend, uh, even in London. I don't think that bothers me at all.
2: Ravens and the Panthers should be an interesting one, but uh, the Panthers haven't been playing shut down defense, but uh, that should be one of the better games of the week.
3: Um, You know what? I I just, Carolina, I have no idea how they won this game today. I think they're going to have a really hard time against Baltimore. Uh, You know, Newton, You know, ended up strong, but he really did not look like the Newton of old first three quarters. And I think against Baltimore, he's going to have a lot harder matchup.
2: And the Packers take on the Rams, which is probably one of the featured games of the week. Uh, We should see a lot of points scored in this game. I'll be expecting a high Vegas over under, and this should be a popular daily play.
3: Yeah, I would expect to see at least a, a 50 number from Vegas for this one as well. Maybe even a little higher than that. And, uh, you know, going to be a game that should be a lot of points on the board, a lot of fantasy uh, options there as well. Uh, definitely looking forward to that for DFS.
2: Yeah, the Saints will take on the Vikings. And the Saints going on the road again, but we know this Vikings defense is not to be feared either. You know, this could be another high-scoring game and an opportunity for Stephon Diggs after two thirty three 33-yard outings and Kyle Rudolph being kind of quiet for uh, both of those guys to bounce back here.
3: Absolutely. But, you know, again, uh, definitely look, it looks like Dillon could easily hit another uh, eighth game in a row with 100 yards against that defense. Maybe he 200 be able to put up, Yeah, he should be able to put up another big game. Uh, the kid is just off the charts right now. and. Yeah, man, I just love watching him play. He just continues to make play after play. makes great catches, even in tight coverage. He is just playing lights out right now, and he's just fun to watch. As a football fan, you got to want to watch this kid play because he's just he's just doing everything right at the moment.
2: Seahawks-Lions should be a very interesting game uh, next week. Two 500 ball clubs. Uh, the Jets will take on the Bears. At Soldier Field, which could be one of those highest, highest scoring games of the week, you know, not as not as high as say uh, the Packers and the Rams. The Buccaneers will take on the Bengals. You know that that should be perceived to be high scoring as well. Uh, the Broncos and the Chiefs. Uh, it, we all know what the Chiefs will do. the The, uh, the Redskins take on the Giants, as uh, the Giants try to to uh, you know save some face there. Uh, Colts and Raiders, games only a fantasy player could love as 49, 49ers and Cardinals. And we'll also have Patriots and Bills on Monday night. All right. Hope you enjoyed week seven. We look forward to week eight here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.